What's up, world? Welcome to the Melanin Money Show, the official destination for personal finance, entrepreneurship, and wealth building for melanin millionaires. We will teach you the tools, the tips, the tactics, the hacks, and strategies you need to learn to become financially free so that you can be the wealth starter and legacy lever for your family. And I'm your host, George Action Palm, accompanied by co-host Jacqueline Shattuck and Carter Cofield. If you're ready to begin your journey to become a melanin millionaire, tune in, take notes, and let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. So, I mean, I must have really loved the last episode because as y'all can see, it's just the boys again for two episodes in a row. Yeah, we back, we back at it. But now, nah, all jokes aside, um, you know, uh, Jacqueline, uh, you know, just as a that she used to take care of and show up and show out for you guys. And we wanted to extend that grace to her uh, while we still kept our commitment uh, to showing up to you guys and providing value. As you can see, there's another backdrop from last week. Last week, I was in Atlanta. This week, I'm in uh, Jamaica. So, you know, a few, probably about seven episodes ago, I was getting on Carter's case for, for spending 30 days out of the country. But, um, but that's what it's all about, right? Like creating a lifestyle where you can work from anywhere uh, and still, you know, provide value and, and, and do what you love. So, with no further ado, let's get it started. Carter, how you doing, bro? I'm doing great, man. I'm doing great. And kudos to you, man. The commitment, I love it. Like, you know, you're in, you're in Jamaica, right? Yeah, Jamaica. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, you sure you want to do that? Like, man, I got it. It's the commitment. And like, you know, uh, as a partner, I just appreciate the commitment. And like, again, whether we in Colombia, Jamaica, whatever, like we're going we gonna to make it happen. And we do it for y'all. We do it, we do it for y'all because y'all deserve the consistency. And y'all already know that it's currency inconsistency. So yeah, bro, let's get... Let's get into today's topic, one of my favorite topics. So let's get let's get right into it. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of the uh, reasons why we're able to, you know, work while we travel, uh, Carter, while he was in Colombia, me while I'm currently in Jamaica and Atlanta last week, is we set up our lifestyle around our business, right? Um, so, you know, both of us, you know, years, years ago, uh, used to work for, you know, companies, corporate co- corporate companies, and there's nothing wrong with that, right? Like if that's, that's your path, that's what you want to do, that's absolutely okay. But the challenge with that is it doesn't give you as much autonomy, as much flexibility and freedom to be able to navigate your life on your own terms. And so, you know, one of the things we want to talk about today is the pros, cons, and just, you know, what does it look like to be an entrepreneur? And I know this is one of Carter's favorite subjects. This is one of my favorite subjects. So, we're just gonna have a really organic dialogue around like what that looks like in the lifestyle of an entrepreneur. Yeah, and, and more specifically, like like black entrepreneurship. Like right now, it's it's still so crazy to me, especially like when I go to Atlanta, right? Like, yeah. like black entrepreneurship is like this wave that is just came out of nowhere. It's ridiculous. Like right. being a black entrepreneur right now, it's like you know being a being a superhero. It's just like you know everybody's doing it, and people are highly highly successful. So like, I just want to like talk about like. You know, this black entrepreneurship wave, man. Is it a wave? Is it here to stay? Like, have we found yeah. the holy grail? Have we are we start, you know, starting now to get back um, you know, the the rewards of our ancestors or whatever the case? Like, is, is it here to stay? So um before we just dive into that topic, I just want to talk about like like back in the day, right? At least for me, right? When I you know I was a kid growing up, like looking up to people, all you wanted to do was three things, right? Play sports, or become a basketball, football player, become a rapper, um, or be a dope boy. So like that was the three things that you had to look forward to, like you know, and 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 for this episode, I'm re- I'm wearing the um, new ATO, not a rapper, not an athlete, but an entrepreneur shirt. In in the essence of today's episode, but like yeah, when I was a shorty, that's all we had to look up to those three things. And now you know, kids in this generation, like are I think might be even looking up to entrepreneurs more yeah. than they look up to athletes and rappers. Like how, you know, do you feel like that that's the case? Like where did all this come from? Like you know, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's as simple as this, right? 
right? When you think about your teachers who are in school, like the only reason why you didn't look up to a lot of them is because they didn't they didn't mimic the lifestyle that you wanted, right? At the end of the day, it's based upon the lifestyle that you want. The vehicle that you choose to get to that lifestyle arguably is interchange is interchangeable. Like you said, dope boy, rapper, or athlete, right? The vehicle, those are just the vehicles that we thought were accessible to us. So it's not the vehicle that people are attached to, right? It's the lifestyle that those people were able to afford based upon those vehicles that they chose. And so I think entrepreneurship has given people another another path. It's like, oh, wait, I can, I can, I don't have to be super athletic. Wait, I don't have to do nothing illegal. Wait, wait, wait. And I can I can just run up a bag, different ball game, right? And so I think that's what we're seeing is we're seeing young, fly, flat, well, flashy is relative, but people that are doing the things that you want to do and they're doing it in on their own terms and they're using a vehicle that was not necessarily as prominent before, which is entrepreneurship. And I think that's what we're seeing. Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely right, man. And I remember um I think it was me and you were hiking like Orion Canyon that came out here yeah. or something. And we were just like, yo, like we know entrepreneurs who are making more than athletes, right? Yeah. Like I know for a fact that like, I'm making more this year than some some NBA players are gonna make as salary. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it was my first recollection, like holy shit, like like like, bro, we as entrepreneurs can really make a bag equal to rappers, to athletes, to dope boys without the risk, without the rules, and with uh, ultimately the freedom. We don't have to show for 82 games, right? Right. Um, yeah. So I think to your point, it's crazy. Like, you know, as kids, we just wanted the outcome. We didn't care what means it took. We took the easiest route. So if you're good at sports, sports it is. If you had good ly ly lyricist ability, rapping it was. If if you ain't have either one of those, you're looking at the, being, a, being a dope boy. So we just wanted the easiest route. And now it seems like entrepreneurship is giving us a, a route that we can, you know, take on our own and, and, and form our own lane. So yeah. one, I'm love it. I, I'm here for it. And I can't wait to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly behind it because I want to give people perspective. But like yeah. in your eyes, when did it when did you first notice like black entrepreneurship being cool in the black community? Like 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 being portrayed as like, yo, this is dope. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a great question, man. So let me go back. So I've been an entrepreneur on some level since about like 2011, 2012. Um, I would probably say when I started to see more, when I started to see more rappers talking about the business side mm. right, of what they were doing, right? So when Jay was talking about about like the deals that he was making and, and instead of glorifying the street hustle or you know the things he used to talk about he started talking about like how he was getting a bag off these business plays right and so so it was almost like a conduit because it was still rooted in culture and rap but then the focus shifted from like the traditional stuff that people talked about in lyrics and it was cool to talk about how you were securing bags through business plays right so that, i think that was the first inclination and then from there because that became cool people who had no desire to be rappers was like okay cool well, that's the new thing right i got a percentage of the nets or i own a percentage of Armadale Bach or whatever. Well, I'm gonna just go straight to that because it's not likely that I'm gonna be an athlete or like likely to be a rapper. I'm gonna just go straight to the thing that everybody thinks is cool. So I think that was the transition. I can't put like an exact like year or time frame on it, but I started to see people gravitating more towards the plays and the money moves that rappers were making. And then I think from that vantage point, uh, people like myself, people like you and other people were starting to now just gravitate towards the plays themselves versus feeling like I had to be a rapper in order to like, you know, get to that next level. So I think that's when I started to see the evolution uh, in our, in, in, as it relates to entrepreneurship. No, man, that, that's, that's real, man. That's real. And 
and and for me it, it was a little bit different so like i mean i played sports in high school like you know what i'm saying but like, i was never like great and like i knew i i was okay but like this ain't gonna work you know what i'm saying like and i can't rap worth a damn so i'm sitting there like okay like I got, I, you know, my, my athletic abilities aren't phenomenal. Um, you know, I, I, my lyrics abilities are lackluster if they even have any period. It's like, what am I going to do to rely on, right, to to um, make the money that I want to make? And, you know, I just remember um, I always knew my brain was my best asset. Mm. I just didn't know how I could use it to catapult me to this lifestyle that I wanted. Right. Like I, I felt and I knew that I can learn anything, but how is that going to take me further? So, you know, with that said, man, like I started like, you know, seeing I said I see some entrepreneurs on Instagram, I'm like, okay, that's you know, cool. But like I didn't really pay too, too much attention to it because like again, from a person who had no parents, like a job and stability is like a core principle for me. So, um, but I started seeing it, man. I started seeing it more. And again, like the, the, your proximity, your environment is everything. The fact that my cousin who I lived with for, you know, five years at the, you know, well, I knew him, you know, we lived together since like shorties, but like he never had a job a day in his life, but he was always financially straight. So for me, it's like, yo, like he's showing me every day, whether it's tattoos, whether it's music, whether, you know, whatever his, you know, he had a deal with Air Force One to paint on, you know, paint on the Nike shoes, like, he found a way, you know what I'm saying? And it was yeah. just like, yo, it showed me that like, it's possible. So, you know, when I lean into this entrepreneur thing, I'm like, it's possible because again, I saw people that look like me doing it. Again, I don't care how many Mark Zuckerbergs there is or whatever, it takes me to see someone who looks like me doing this for me to actually believe that I can achieve it. That's a fact, that's a fact. And you know, when I got, I think now kind of just venturing into pros and cons of entrepreneurship, you know, when I got in, I think one of the, the challenges that people feel with entrepreneurship, especially on like social media is, you know, at the end of the day, we're, we're highlighting segments, sound bites and glimpses of, of the process, right? Like we're not showing every nuance or every nooks, nooks and crannies. And so I think one of the joys of entrepreneurship is you truly have the ability to earn uh, an unlimited amount of income. To Carter's point, right? Like there's for sure, there's uh, athletes that we earn more money than 100% sure without having to risk our bodies, right? Um, and a lot of other variables. And so that's, that's a fact. However, there are a lot of other factors that you have to consider in this journey. And none of them are bad. It's just understanding what you're getting into so that you can approach it from a vantage of understanding exactly what it looks like, right? And so one of those things I remember when I first got into entrepreneurship, I actually was working under the umbrella of another company, but it was kind of like a 100% commission type scenario, right? Where it's like, I got to leverage their infrastructure, their brand, but ultimately like it was still, I had to eat what I killed, right? And so then they brought me into the fold. It was just like, hey, you can earn as much money as you want to make and it's unlimited, which was all true. What they didn't tell me is that there was no guarantees, right? <laughs> So like around two weeks, they rolled around. I'm used to getting a paycheck about every week at this point. You know what I'm saying? Before I transitioned, but like the second week rolled around, I was like, yeah, like, where's the money? And it was like, well, that's on you, player. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's on you. And so I was like, wow, okay. Yes, I have unlimited income potential, but I have to make sure that I go out and produce and make that money, right? It's not just going to fall into your lap, right? And people aren't just going to beat down your door. Like this, this quote that I hate, build it and they will come. I like the concept behind it. <laughs> build it, market it yell from the rooftops, send an email, send a text. And 
then they will come. Yeah. Right. Um, and so just understanding that just because you build it or just because you're in the game doesn't mean that you're going to make money because you're competing with everybody. Right. Like everybody, you know, at the end of the day, like your, your lane is your lane, your market is your market. But if you don't show up and try to actively solicit new customers, you're not going to make it. Right. No matter how good your product and service is. No, I, I love that. And I want to share a quick story, man. I don't think I told this on this podcast before. So when I started my business, thank God I had like an early mentor um, and I went to, you know, have breakfast with them, you know, right before like I did my launch or whatever. And he was like, yeah, you know, it's going to be ups and downs. He was like, you know, just to give you like, um, like a threshold, a benchmark, like when I, you know, he started his company, he was like a millionaire. Because when, when I started my company, I didn't have a client for the first four months of business. I'm like, you went 120 days with no paycheck? <laughs> He's like, yeah, I went, right. you know, four months. With no, I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, like, that's crazy. Like, you know, but I'm gonna make sure I, I can, I can, you know, I, I, that doesn't happen to me or that I can withstand that. So I threw this big um, entrepreneur, I, I mean, I threw this big launch party for my business, like to launch. Right. And I had like friends and family come. It was a dope event. And like, I'm ready for like the people to, you know, sign up. So we had an event. I told people about the business. I gave a speech and I told people like, write your name down or whatever, or like take my information and call me if for my services or whatever. Yeah. Next day, nobody came. The next week, no call. Next month, nope. I went a little over three months before I got my first client, bro. And the only thing that really kept me going was like that four month benchmark that my mentor put in my head to let me know that I'm not crazy, that this is not an issue like that. You know, I just put in the work and focus on that. And when I got my first client, I was thinking about like, all right, well, I got it in less than four months. He was a Harvard Business School grad. So I, I, did, I did better than the Harvard Business School grad. I got my first client. But, and I say that jokingly, but I say that for everybody listening, like, yo, it might be a little bit of time before your business gets off the ground. Like it might be a little bit of time before people come. Like George says, like, you know, the whole build your, you know, build it and they will come. Yes, but you have to show them where to go, right? Like, and we all know this. We all heard the quote. It ain't the best that gets the most business. It's the most well-known. So as entrepreneurs, I think that a lot of people struggle with is like voicing their business to other people because they're like not just get to market, just get to promote. So before we get into like the good, and it's a lot of good, it's a lot of great, but like one yeah. of the, you know, the the bad or whatever, it's like when you start it, don't expect people to be kicking your door in to come right. to business with you. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole fact, right? It's, you, you have to build up momentum, right? You know, you have to build up trust. You have to build up awareness. Like for me, like I was transitioning from a marketing role at Coca-Cola to the financial services industry as a 23-year-old kid kid, basically. Right. So it's like, how could I expect that people are just going to like knock my door down to be their financial expert? Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I think I probably just loaned you some money a couple of years ago. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so it's like just understanding like where they come from. Right. So I think now we can both also give you a little bit of context on how to maybe make that transition a little less bumpy. Right. So for me, I look at business a lot like a marriage. Right. And I'm married. So like I used to reach out to guys before I made the decision, like, yo, what is marriage like? What do I need to be prepared for. And guys were holding their situation so close to the chest and they would tell me surface level answers like oh you got to communicate and you got to blah 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 me actually me and carter had a really good conversation about marriage when i was out in um we were in austin together for fincon and i told myself in that moment when i was getting those surface level answers i wasn't going to be that guy when people asked me i was going to give them the real not so that it would deter them but so that they could be prepared for mm-hmm. what they wanted to get into and entrepreneurship is the same way we're not trying to deter you to say when you first get started you're going to be wearing 17 hats when you first get started 
it's going to take you a little while before you get your first client. We're telling you so that you can be equipped to navigate the territory, right? So when we think about it, one of the best things you can do is to take some pressure off yourself is if it's possible, I know some people are forced into entrepreneurship, maybe you get laid off or whatever the case may be, but if possible, stack a little bit of cash, right? That's one thing you can do, right? To help help ease, in, ease the burden of getting clients from day one, right? I had 15K saved, like, you know, just full transparency. And I knew that if nothing else happened, I was good for like 12 months if I didn't get a client because the way my expenses were set up, I think that's perfect. Like just being candid, like I had $15,000 saved and I was fortunate to, to have that, but I know everybody doesn't. But yeah, man, like if you can, uh, here's what else. There's nothing more cool than starting a business, than starting a business and trying to figure out how you go pay rent the next month. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It's enough pressure as is. So if you can avoid like the short-term bills with, you know, saving or having your partner step up or whatever, like I recommend people do that. Yeah. And, and to Carter's point, keep your highs low and your lows high, right? Mm -hmm. but so, so what I mean by that is when you get into entrepreneurship, you, you, your income is uncapped, right? So you might have months where, you know, you get started, you, you're going, you're running, ooh, baby, you have your first 10K month, 15K month, 19K month, whatever, right? Then you might have another month where it's like 19 bucks, right? <laughs> like the ebbs and flows. So what you want to do is you want to set the the baseline of your expenses and say, you know what? My business might've made X, Y, and Z, but George and Carter were only entitled to whatever your salary or your owner's draw is. And that's going to really keep you in a good position because when you have those good months when you have that momentum and then things kind of slow off and taper off a little bit, then what you're able to do is then if it slows down, you have the ability to still be okay because you didn't spend like you were crazy or out of your mind when you had a good month, right? So keep your highs low and your lows high. When you have make a lot of money, you spend this. When you make a little bit of money, you spend this. And that will kind of level you out even when you have these ebbs and flows in the business. For a second, I want you to imagine a club, a club that is exclusively designed to help you transform your relationship with money, a club that creates the pathway and the guiding light for someone who is an aspiring melanin millionaire, the one who wants to be the wealth starter in their family. Now, instead of imagining, I want you to learn a little bit more about the Melanin Millionaires Club, because that is exactly what we've created, right? We've created an ecosystem where you can finally get the clarity that you're looking for when it comes to your finances, to give you the confidence that you now know exactly where you're headed so you can make better financial decisions and ultimately give you that feeling of control that you've been seeking instead of your finances feeling like they control you. Let me tell you a little bit about what you can expect as a part of the Melanin Millionaires Club. Number one, you're gonna get access to money challenges, you know, and different challenges to help you level up with your money in fun and creative ways. You're gonna get access to a community of like-minded people who are all on the same journey of marching towards financial freedom in their own right. You're gonna have an opportunity to win money milestones so that we can award you on your journey to becoming that melanin millionaire. You're gonna get access to guides and resources that you need to be able to dive deeper on your money journey. My most favorite and important probably aspect of this platform is you getting access to my pocket advisor, which is our flagship feature where literally it's like having myself and other advisors right in your pocket. Because let's be honest, right? You can take a course or even try to Google the information that you're looking for. But sometimes knowing that you can have a mentor that you can just call on and ask a specific question is worth its weight in gold. So you get that as a part of the premium membership. You get access to classes 
to learn about a variety of different money topics. There's channels with a bunch of different money content like Netflix, but for financial education, right? And you have investment opportunities, right? From time to time when they present themselves, I'm gonna share different investment opportunities exclusively with my network. Not to mention if you sign up today, you're gonna get access to seven other bonuses just for being a part of the network. So if that sounds like something that would be valuable to you, I strongly encourage you to click the link, link in the show notes and learn more about the Melanin Millionaires Club and how you can be the first generation millionaire in your family. Yeah, I love that, man. I think it's so important because it, it is tempting. Like, let's not act like it's not, right? Like when I have months where I'm looking at, you know, high over 50K or over 100, I'm like, yo, I want to buy the Lamborghini truck. But then I'm like, do I really want to be on the on the line for a $4,000 a month expense, right? Yeah. That puts pressure on me. And here's the thing I never want people to do. I never want you in your business trying to um, solve long-term problems with short-term solutions, mm -hmm. right? Because if you have these expenses, like now you got a $4,000 Lamborghini truck now you got a ten thousand dollar rent apartment you're going to be scrambling to like make money on plays and like devalue your brand devalue your business or like go against some core ethics so like i'm like no cap i'm like y'all know i have these times where i'm like i want to get that car or i want to get that you know that that penthouse but like no because when it comes to serving my clients serving my audience and building the business that i want to build I never want to like create a product or a service out of the necessity of having to have money. You know what I'm saying? No, that's 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 so true, right? It's like you never want to put most people in our culture for the most part, right? You will get to a point where you understand how to just like take capital and maybe buy a business or start a business that you're not passionate about. But most people are starting businesses that they have some level of attachment to, right? That they're passionate about. And the moment you put too much pressure on your passion, you'll start to resent the very mm -hmm. thing that you used to love, right? Don't put too much pressure on your passion, right? Put yourself in a position to where, you know, like you can truly still enjoy what you're doing because you're not, you don't need $20,000, $30,000 to, to float your lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Like to this day, to this day, based upon where we live in Charlotte, and it's just not required. My wife works remotely from Facebook, right? We we have a we're a one car household right now. Yeah, you told me that. I was like, yeah, what? He said we went we a one car household. I'm like, yeah, no, you ain't. <laughs> I'm saying so it's like I had a, a four series BMW, I two rode it, all that good jazz, but just like I just didn't I didn't need it, right? I didn't need it at the, at the, in this season of life. There will be a season here shortly. Yeah, I was say around the corner. <laughs> yeah, you know, where I will be getting another car, but I was able to go two and a half, three years without a whip, and I took that extra money and invested it, right? Because I didn't need it. Could I afford it? Yes. Yeah. You, you you bought enough Tesla stock to to buy a Tesla, if I'm not mistaken, right? That's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that was one of my favorite. Favorite, that was one of my favorite flexes of, that you ever made. Like you yeah. literally bought enough Tesla stock that your gains allow you to go purchase a Tesla if you wanted to. If I wanted to, exactly. And there's power in that. Shout out to my guy, David Shan. Just like, we can afford this stuff, right? But there's power in just saying, you know what? I'm good on that. Not to say that there will, now here's the, now I'm gonna I'm give y'all a kicker. There will come a time <laughs> when y'all like, yo, can y'all relax a little bit, right? Yeah. But like right now we're just, you know, building, enjoying the process, not putting too much pressure on ourselves and, and being able to show up in this way for you guys where we don't gotta, oh, hey, can you guys join our Patreon, Patreon account? Because we gotta monetize everything. Yeah. Yes, we're entrepreneurs. And we're intentional about what we monetize, but we can show up on Instagram and provide value or show up on the podcast and provide value and build our community and not have to monetize everything because we don't have this undue pressure that says, hey, bro, like, yeah, look, 
for them bills, <laughs> you better you better find a way to make a run up a bag on this because we, we, just, we didn't put ourselves in that position. And I think that's a, a key thing as an entrepreneur to put yourself in a position to thrive so that you're not having to like, and I hate to use this terminology, but slut yourself out in mm. every possible way just to make money. And I, and I, and I, and I, that's a, again, I, I don't want to use that term, but like I, I love that that point because I see, especially let's talk about social media right quick. Let's go on a little, slight little tangent. You see the people on social media who like, you know, every time they post something, it's about either, you know, buying something or it's like they're, you know, they're supporting brands they don't even like really use. And it's like disgusting to see. Like we had a program, we had an episode on branding and how important keeping your brand is. And I see them and I feel so sorry for them because I know they're not doing this out of a place of malicious intent, but they got so excited about their business, like, you know, prospering early that they um, out started to have uh, lifestyle creep. And now they're living outside of their means. And again, as an entrepreneur, like you got to understand it is a roller coaster ride, baby. Buck buckle up the seatbelts. Right. You know what I'm saying? Giant drive. It is a roller coaster ride. And if you flatline, like, you know, you're spending, you can enjoy the highs and lows. Like, I love learning from my lows. Like I, 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 when I have low months, so when I have like, and I always be fully transparent, like the last month and a half, I felt like I was way too focused on money. Right. Like I had this six figure month in July, like, and like, it, it, it kind of like made me feel like I had to have, I had to make at least over a hundred thousand dollars a month. And I found myself like just doing things and like coming, presenting myself in a place of like money over value or income over impact. And I got really disgusted at myself. So I was talking to my girl, uh, shout out to Tanya Rapley. Um, we hopped on a laugh together and she like admitted, she was like, I'm slowing down. Q I'm slowing down to speed up. She was like, I'm slowing down Q4. Like, you know, we're in a mastermind together, hard hitting mastermind. Everybody want to make money. So you can get blinded, but she had like the wherewithal and the just the mental presence to understand, like, she, I want to slow down and I want to like focus on my nurturing, focus on my brand, focus on my purpose just to, so I can speed up in Q1. And I felt like, for, you know, me hearing that, it allowed me to embrace that and slow down as well because again, you know, there's enough money to go around, but like, I didn't get into this to like put too much uh, pressure on my passion and only want to make this income of a thing called money just so I can show people I'm living a lifestyle that they should, they say I should live. You know what I'm saying? All right. That's a fact. Nah, man. And, I, and I'm just glad that we were able to be, you know, candid about, you know, these ebbs, these flows, just the things that you need to be aware of, you know, as an entrepreneur, not to deter you because we love it. We're living in life right now. Right. But it's just like we want to share in insights that people either don't share on social because they only share. I'm making six figure months and I have these screenshots and I'm not showing you the expenses. They're not showing you mm, the yeah. not showing yeah. you the fact that they don't have automations and systems in place and they're burnt out because they're they're doing everything. No, no, no one's showing that. Right. So we want to tell you that that's a real reality. And a real part of the process temporarily if you you know don't put up put the right systems in place so now i think it's a great opportunity for us to talk about you know some of the great pros mm -hmm. of entrepreneurship right so one of the pros is what you're looking at right now right i'm not sure if you can hear it, but there's the ocean you know in the background uh you know while, while i'm having this podcast and just being able to live life on my own terms now did i put in a hell of a amount of a hell of amount of work to put myself in this position to where i can i can do that absolutely but put but being able to do that is priceless right not wondering do i have enough PTO days left uh, or, you know, can I take this trip? Like that's an extremely rewarding feeling as an entrepreneur is to have that autonomy to either just enjoy my life and not work and or work from anywhere. And, and get, give a tip on top of that pro. I think we should both give a pro 
and a tip on um, how we got to that point. So your your pro was obviously you're in Jamaica and the ocean's in the background. You haven't probably haven't checked your accounts since you've been down there because you don't have to. You know, haven't checked in on like time. Um, what, what would you say is a tip that helped you get to that this point? Yes, yes, yes. People um, systems don't fail. People do. Mm. Right. So putting in the right systems in place that can allow your business to run without you. Now, people are an integral part of the system, but you have to have the system in place that the people can operate by. So like, for example, Carter and I both leverage a uh, virtual assistance some of which that aren't domestic, right? And so in order for us to leverage them, we have to have crystal clear standard operating procedures that those people can follow, right? Because that system isn't gonna fail. What, what would fail is a person who doesn't follow the system, right? And so like understanding that is key. So for me, putting the right systems in place and every single month before the month starts, I ask myself a few questions. If I have, if I look at my calendar, I say, I go through every task and I say, can this be delegated? It's the first question. Yes or no. Can it be automated? Yes or no. Or at least can it be done more efficiently? Because sometimes something might not be able to be completely delegated. Maybe it can't be completely automated, but it probably can be done more efficiently. So I'm asking myself those three questions, right? Or if, if I get to the third one and that way I can be real with myself. Am I putting the right system in place that allows me to create a business that they can run without me. I love that. I love that. I love that. You stole mine. I'm gonna have to think of another one. But um I think um the pro, I mean, so many pros entrepreneurship. I'm trying to think of one I haven't said already. Um, I just love owning, I, I love this most about entrepreneurship. I love owning my time and learning new things about myself. I tell people all the time, entrepreneurship is the greatest self-reflection or self-awareness journey that you're gonna have because you're gonna see the different parts of you and how you uh, act when things go right and how you act when things go wrong. And I love just owning everything about me as a person. And I think it's helping me become more of a man because I'm just, I just learning so much more about myself. So one thing, I think that's one like pro I haven't shared um, on this podcast about entrepreneurship. And yeah, the money's great. The freedom's great. The traveling, I know I love to travel, but just like building self-confidence is, is, a, is a crazy attribute. I think it's not talked about enough. Like knowing that I can go learn anything I want to in a week, like, or, or less, is so powerful to me. So if I don't know something, Something, I have the power of knowing I can go learn it and go implement it tomorrow and it help it grow my business. That is one of the most powerful things in the world to me. And that's why I always try to keep learning and keep growing because I know I have the capacity to literally learn and do anything. Um, so that's a pro. I think a tip, man, is a good tip that we haven't talked about before, I guess, at least on this podcast about entrepreneurship is um, I think it's so important to find people who help uh, help you build a bigger dream that you set out to start, right? Mm. And like 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 they say, good people are not trained; they're found, right? So finding good people to help you support the dream um, that that you have is, is such an important um, aspect of your business. Like again, you you preach about Samantha and how she you saw more in her than she saw in herself. And you have helped build her up and now she basically runs your businesses for you. And um, my executive assistant, Antoinette, like I, I don't even run my life anymore. She she knows about more about what I got going on than I got going on. Right. And it's yeah. like you have to get people around you because your vision is too big and too powerful to only be supported by you. Right. So you have to right. find the people to help build your dream up and um, to what it can to what it ultimately can be. Yeah, that's a great point. Just to piggyback off of that is like when you start as an entrepreneur, right, you think you got to be the CEO, the COO the CFO and you wear all these hats primarily based upon budget, right? It's like, well, I'm just getting started. I can't even 
afford to pay myself. So like, I got to do everything, right? I'm creating the graphics. I, there was a there was a point in my life. It's crazy to think back, right? Within the podcast, y'all know I had other podcasts before this. I used to edit the podcast, right? Um, now, granted, like you're you were at a point by the time we met that you could like outsource it from the gate. But like, when I first started my podcast, it was like 2017. Like I found out all the equipment. Like this is my first mic. The graphics. The graphics, the true editing, uh, taking out the ums and ums and all that stuff. Now, granted, for this type of podcast, we don't really do a lot of editing. One, because, you know, we, we we about this content life and it, it ain't so it. much editing you got to do at this point, right? You know what I'm saying? But back then, it was like, it was a little, you know, it was a little risky. Like, you had to take out some of the ums and verbal fillers. I did everything. The graphics, the uploading, the editing, and just like, that was a lot, right? And so just like, I don't even remember why I brought that up, but the point is you think that you have to do everything, right? And so one of the key things is realizing that when you look at the greatest entrepreneurs of our era, right? We think about the Jeff Bezos, the Mark Zuckerbergs of the world, because they're entrepreneurs too, right? You think about them, they all own on average less than 15% of their company, right? So what I would say is as a small business owner, I'm not saying just run out and just find people that you can just throw equity at. What I'm saying is don't be afraid to bring people into the fold that can help support your vision to take it to new heights, right? If you're generating enough money where all those people can be employees or contractors, great. But if you identify somebody who you can partner with, who you see as an equal in their, you know, based upon the skill or the value that they bring to the marketplace, don't be afraid to partner with them, right? So for this company, right? Melanin Money started out as a merchandise brand by itself. Now we have three pillars and two of those three pillars I have business business partners in and Carter is one of those business partners. Jacqueline is one of those business partners, right? And so like, and they will be business partners on the merch side. So what I, I say all that to say, imagine if I was so egotistical for like, I'm the only person that's supposed to lead the charge and be executive leadership and do all this stuff, what that would mean is I would be sorry for the background noise, party boat. You know, that's what I, I guess. No, that's I'm about to say, man, I, feel, I feel bad. No, I think we need to get we wrap this episode up so we can let you go back to having fun, man. But go yeah, ahead. Yeah. But yeah, so like imagine if I was so egotistical where I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna do it all myself and it's all on me and no one can do it like I can do it, right? Then I would be strapped and burdened with all the work. One thing I always say is if you want hundred percent of the bag, you got to do hundred percent of the work. Mm-hmm. And I just don't want to do hundred percent of the work. You know what I'm saying? I want to partner with people. And it's a lot more fun. Have we, have we not been having fun? No, it's, past it's, it's, fun? it's lit, you know bro. I mean? Like, I was always scared to, like, own a company with somebody because, like, work ethic and, like, personalities. But it's lit, bro. Like, it's not lonely as entrepreneurship usually is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like, don't be afraid. That, now, again, be be intentional and, you know, and, and have documentation in place and all that good stuff. But don't be afraid to, number one, get help, right? Maybe help isn't, you're not starting out with partners, but don't be afraid to get help. And then if the opportunity presents itself, if you vibe really well with someone or they have a skill set or a strength that you don't have, don't be afraid to lock arms with somebody to build something bigger. Would you rather have 100% of something small or, you know, 30, 40%, 20% of something, you know, gargantuan, you know? So that's, that's my, my thing. Just don't be afraid to like partner and collaborate. I love it, man. I love it. And again, man, I, you know, we don't want to hold you because being an entrepreneur, you deserve this vacation time. So um, before we wrap, I just want to tell the people, if y'all enjoyed this episode, man, go ahead and leave a review. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. Again, we, um, you know, we come here for you all. We, you know, again, Georgia's on vacation, but we want to, we want to make sure we're here consistently. So if you enjoyed the episode, man, go, go ahead and give it a subscribe, go give a like, and then go ahead and leave a review on, we really want you to leave, you all leave a review on who your favorite, uh, uh, host is. I know we know Jacqueline's not here, but y'all, 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 y'all heard her voice before. Um, it's me anyway. So like, you just leave. Leave a review and let us know who your favorite host is 
Um, and we would appreciate it. Any, any final words, uh, George? Now, other than that, um, you know, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, don't be a liar, right? Like Carter just like blatantly just lied to you know, <laughs> who y'all's favorite host is. But now, la- last words are just stay true to yourself. Um, don't, you know, if you decide to venture down this road of entrepreneurship or you're already in this lane, like don't get blind, blindsided by what everybody else is doing. Just stay in your own lane. Um, do what your heart desires and, and never be afraid to evolve, right? Because I also don't want you to confuse staying in your own lane with like evolving, right? And, and finding new ways to uh, take your life and your business and everything that you care about to the next level. So again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. And outside of telling everybody that I'm your favorite host, also let us know uh, any content or any current events or anything that you would like us to cover, whether that be on the podcast, whether that be on social, we want us to be your go-to source uh, when it comes to building wealth, personal finance, and entrepreneurship. So if you see something on these internet streets and it looks a little risky or you don't you need more context, uh, ask us, right? We, we would love to uh, answer those questions. As a matter of fact, Carter, before we wrap up, we, we've got, before Q4 is over, we've got to figure out an easy way for our listeners to be able to submit either a voice note or a video that we can add post-editing and answer it in real time, right? We got to figure that out. Whether it's a video, a voice note, or I mean, we'll take a written note and we'll read it, whatever you're comfortable with, but being able to submit your questions so that we can answer it in real time on the podcast, which is basically like free consulting, right? So whenever we come up with that, y'all don't flood us with questions. Y'all tripping. So let's figure it out before Q4 is over. Let's figure it out. We have to add that to the list. Well, all right, y'all. We appreciate y'all for tuning in. We'll see y'all next time uh, on the next episode. But again, stay blessed and never stressed. Peace. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Melanin Money Show. If you like this episode, please do us a huge favor. Leave us a five-star review. And if you're not already, subscribe to the podcast and share it with a friend because we're providing this valuable game so that you can level up as an aspiring melanin millionaire. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time.